welcome back to the Practical Spirituality Podcast. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us, where we explore all elements of mind, body, emotions, and soul through the lens of everyday life. In this week's episode, we talk about one of the many ways we can teach ourselves to become more present and the benefits of it. So I know for this week's episode, we want to talk about a subject that's dear to your heart. And what I mean by that is, is something that I know you've been talking about since we met. Mm-hmm. And that is present moment awareness. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to base this episode on that and then to see where the conversation goes and maybe diving into it, explaining what pr- present moment awareness is, maybe the similarities to mindfulness, how it is different from meditation, and maybe how it can benefit the different people that are listening. I think it's a great topic, as you know, because it's so near and dear to my heart. Mm. And I think one of the reasons it's so near and dear to my heart, Gareth, is, you know, so many people have heard about my journey and how long and hard I've been struggling just to get to a point of what I would have called normalcy and never seemed to get there. And it just seemed like the more or the longer I was away from drugs and alcohol, the more severe my anxiety seemed to get or the busyness of my mind or the racing of my mind. And this was presented to me. And I can tell you, I thought it was a big joke. Mm. And I didn't really think that it could have anything to do to help me. And I people will often hear me say, it single-handedly helped me let go of so much of the anxiety because mm. I found it long before I had found so many of the other modalities that I work mm. with and help other people with. So, yes, it's very near and dear to my heart. And I think that's why it's important to maybe talk about it on this episode because it is practical spirituality. We want to touch on a lot of different modalities, a lot of different things that have helped us through our journeys and even Mm -hmm, things that mm -hmm. continue to help our clients from on a week-to-week basis. So I hope you'll be taking the lead on this subject and I look forward to hearing everything on it. Well, I'd love to. So at the time that I discovered it, you know, it was right when mindfulness had really become front and center in a lot of therapies around the world. And even when I was working at the drug and alcohol rehab, there's Mm. a guy here in Australia named Dr. Russ Harris, who's a psychologist. And he's got a book out called The Happiness Trap, which I was doing a seminar with him and he was talking all things mindfulness. And I remember sitting in the seminar thinking, you have no idea about my mind. I love your concept of mindfulness, but my mind basically would bully the living life out of your mindfulness Mm. because I love the concept and I don't want to put down the concept because I think it's huge and helps so many people. But my mind at that stage would railroad over anything like Mm -hmm. that. And then the person who taught it to me one day actually made a bet with me. And as you and I've talked about before, Tell me I can't do something. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, hide and watch. (laughs) And so when she explained it to me and she, she didn't even call it present moment awareness. That was a name I gave it afterwards after practicing it because I had never come across anything like it. And so the difference between what I call present moment awareness and mindfulness is 
the languaging that you use when mm. you're talking with yourself or your mind. So mindfulness kind of says, notice, notice what's happening in the room right now. Notice the temperature. Now, as I used to say, when Dr. Rose Harris would bring it up, I'd go, who cares? I've got 10 <laughs> other things I've got to worry about. What about this and this and this and this and this? Mm. <laughs> you know, and so my mind would just go, yeah, this mindfulness or, you know, put a piece of food in your mouth and notice all the flavors. And my mind would be like, yes, I taste the strawberry, but that has nothing to do with blah, 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 blah. And the difference is, and, and it made more sense after I went on to study other things because we talk about how does the mind actually take the information in. And so mm. what I learned later on was that we take it in through images and sounds and sensations and smells and taste and thoughts. And so what dominated my life at that stage was the thoughts. Yep. And in present moment awareness, what we are basically doing is we are telling the mind to stop and we're bringing its focus back to what it can see what it can hear, what it can smell, what it can taste, what it can feel. And when we do that, basically we're breaking the thought pattern that's happening at the moment. And we are picking things that are in our present moment, you know, what's happening around us and telling the brain to focus on it. And that's the difference. Mindfulness says, notice. And I say, tell me what you can see. Tell me what you can with that kind of ferocity too. It's like my daughter said to me um, once when we were talking about this, she's like, you're so mean to your mind. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just trying to discipline it. Um, and I say that because as when I'm talking to people about it, I will compare a racing mind to an undisciplined two-year-old. So have you ever seen an undisciplined two-year-old? Mm-hmm. Notice how they bounce off the walls and people trying to stop them, people trying to talk to them, and they just keep going 90 to nothing. That is the best way I could have described how my mind was in the past. People would try and get me to focus on other things, but I couldn't because there were always so many fears and worries and anxieties running all at once. And so in this different way of doing it, where you're using command language, you're commanding the mind tell me three things you can see right now. Tell me what you can hear. Tell me what you can feel. Tell me what you can smell and taste. And, and then for me, because of my past, I would have to add, look, and I would look both ways. I'm safe. We're safe. Mm -hmm. Because what I had worked out at that stage was I never felt safe. Now, I'm not saying the whole rest of the world, but yep. if people are out there suffering from anxiety, there's a good chance they're not feeling safe. What that did was that interruption and coming back to the present moment would give the brain that just heartbeat of a second to go, oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's right, right, I am okay right now. And the more that I practice it, of course it hit the autonomic nervous system and started to become a pattern. Mm. So in essence, when you look at it, it doesn't look a lot different than mindfulness. It's yeah. all in the languaging. And so, you know, anyone who knows me will know that I'm always talking about how important language is. Even though I bludger every other language on the planet, I go for it when it comes to language. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. So that, that to me, and why is it important? Now, I can only talk from my own experience. Yep. I couldn't get anything done because of the raciness of my mind. You would sit and have a conversation with me, Gareth, and I will guarantee you that I was listening to four other conversations at the same time, making sure that they were not talking about me. I was thinking about what I had to cook for dinner. I was thinking about what my kids were doing at school. And I would have all this happening at once. And of course, naturally, when you're trying to focus on so many things, you're only getting bits and pieces of that information. And it was very distracting. And of course, I think it actually activated more anxiety Mm. because I couldn't stay focused at that time of my life uh, on any one particular conversation. So learning how to I call it discipline my mind to be here in the present moment. And it doesn't mean I'm always right in this moment. But when I'm doing that, what I'm doing is I'm stopping that racing mind and bringing the focus back to one thing. People do, a lot of people do it and they don't even realize they're doing it. Like when people are painting or when people are gardening, when people are water skiing, they're bringing that focus into what's happening in that moment and all their, every part of them is focused on that. And so that is no different than going through the language of doing it. I do think there is an importance in actually talking about this subject, because I know in different conversations we would have had in the past, uh, and maybe some of your mm-hmm. frustrations with me even having Michael or those different components is that everything you're actually talking about, I can, of course, relate to on a human level, especially before Michael came into my life. Mm-hmm. And it's actually since Michael's come into my life that I would have mentioned many times in this podcast before that my mind is quite clear most of the time that it's been unplugged a long time ago. Do I still have thoughts? Absolutely. Is there still things I need to think about from time to time? Absolutely. But the say the anxiety that would have came with the mind or the different components of maybe overthinking or being in four or five different conversations or even listening, that is something that I had noticed that had disappeared solely because of Michael. It wasn't because I was actually practicing present moment awareness of those kind of components. So that's why I'm really intrigued to actually talk about this or to hear about this from the way that you teach it to different people, because it is such an important thing to learn that we actually haven't been taught or to to explore within ourselves. And to me, is that as we would have talked about, everyone's journey towards what people call spiritual enlightenment, spiritual awakening, uh, understanding the self, mind, body, emotions, that's different for everyone. But it, it does often start with building a better relationship mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the mind. I agree. And therefore, the present moment awareness practicing or whatever we want to call it is the best place to start and understanding of what it brings up in any of us. So I'd love to hear, I guess, from practicing a present moment awareness or say from different clients over the years, how it has benefited them or what kind of, I don't want to say results, but how did it change their way of thinking about themselves or how they engage with the world? Well, of course, I could tell you a couple stories, but it's mostly for me. For me was, so the whole um, challenge that I was given was I used to show up late all the time for appointments. Mm. And I hated being late because I had a father who was very disciplined about it. And so by the time I would show up for my appointment, I would be in absolute meltdown. There would be shame. There would be guilt. There would be fear that the person wasn't going to see me because I was running late. There would be the shame that I carried because I was late. The list went on. And so I was literally a mess every time I got to my appointment. 
And when the challenge was issued, they, this person said to me, if you do this for six months and you, you actively practice it and you show up late, I'll refund you your fees. I was like, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a very honest person, so I, I went at it in earnest. Mm. The very first time, the very first time I noticed any headway with it, I'd been practicing it for a while. I happened to go to one of my kids' sports day events, which used to set off a lot of anxiety for me because there's a lot of people, you know, social anxiety was one of my big things. And I was standing at this sports day event and these two people made some comment about a particular child that wasn't very nice and it triggered some old stuff in me and I felt the panic starting to rise. So I remember standing there going through the present moment awareness list and then saying, okay, we're just going to excuse ourselves. We're just going to go home. We can have our meltdown when we get home because I knew a meltdown was coming because mm. I was obviously triggered. So the whole way home, there I am, my hands are on the steering wheel, my foot's on the gas pedal. That's a white car in front of me, red car behind me, such and such street. I'm okay. I'm okay as I'm driving. Look, we're doing 40 kilometers an hour that, 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 and the whole way home. And yep. then I got home and I walked into my office and I sat down and I went, right. And the silence was deafening. It mm. was deafening. I had never experienced blankness in my mind ever before. So I sat there and I was like, I was like, my heart had been pounding when I first left that sports field. So I was like, wow, what happened? And then I tried to tell the story even to make it come back up again. Mm. And it was just silence. I was sold. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm okay. <laughs> it's okay. And it was so beautiful, the silence. It, my kids give me a hard time because I'm one of these people who, <laughs> when I get in the car, I don't have music on. <laughs> I, I don't play a lot of music and that might shock a lot of people. But I think that comes from all the years of having so much going on in my mind mm. that I love silence. And in that moment, there was so much silence. And I think what I want to clarify that's different about this is it's not the same as meditation. Yep. It's not like other people talk about getting rid of your thoughts. That's not what I was trying to do. No, but let's lean into this. So in meditation, we're told to quieten our mind. <laughs> I've always thought it was me, but I have mm. heard from other people now that you tell someone to quiet their mind. What's the mind going to do? <laughs> it's going to go and get busy, isn't it? Yeah. And so it's, it's different from meditation in the fact that I'm not trying to quiet my mind. I'm trying to be aware of what's happening in this moment because this is where my power is. Like I have the ability to respond from this moment, not from 10 minutes from now or 30 minutes ago, but from this moment. And so if I'm not actually here and available to respond in the moment, then I've missed it and I'm going to go into the shame or the blame or the hurt or the worry or the fear or any of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So meditation, you know, I think meditation is great and beneficial for lots of people and lots Definitely. of people do it in different ways. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about with this is not meditation or quieting your mind. It's about training my mind to be here in this moment. Does my mind stay in this moment? 
a whole lot more than it ever did in the past, <laughs> but not continually. And a lot of people will say, oh, if you're always in the present moment, how do you plan? Well, of course, you and I plan all the time, don't we? We try. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. And, you know, we change those plans mm -hmm. given what's happening in any particular moment. But if, if for say, I've spent a whole week worrying about what we're going to talk about on a podcast and running, racing through my mind with it, and I get on and Gareth goes, yeah, not interested in talking about that. <laughs> I would have had a meltdown. In the that doesn't happen too often, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> where today the difference is because of the present moment awareness i go oh okay that's interesting what do you want to talk about mm. because i'm here and so it's interesting i know that you have it from michael but for me it, it was a journey this is the other thing i think i really need to clarify yeah it didn't happen overnight no and, but that's exactly why I, I do want to talk about this, because I think a lot of the, if we're talking about the spiritual part of practical spirituality, it's that a lot of the spiritual teachers or gurus or mentors out there, for a lot of them, it was an overnight experience or an instant experience that uh, suddenly they felt this freedom or enlightenment, as I talked about even earlier. That was the experience for me. But in, in saying that it isn't, as we talked about, that's not the experience for most people and it won't be. And it is actually a journey that comes along with it. And But often people are just trying to get to the instant experience of there being that enlightenment. And that is part of the problem of an unrealistic expectation and because everyone's journey on that is actually uh, completely different. So when I first heard you actually talking about present moment awareness all those years ago, to me, it was such a refreshing component to actually talk out because I know for a fact what it would have, how it would have benefited me as Gareth before Gareth Michael, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. And actually, this wasn't taught in schools. We weren't actually taught how to train the mind to build new healthy programs and behaviors and patterns that actually benefited us. And even in being in that present moment awareness, you're actually looking at the different things come up in the mind, in the body, with your emotions. And then with that is so revealing of what the next step is to actually to allow them all to be in unison with one another, which to me is being awakened or enlightened is when mind, body, emotion, soul are all working with each other. And the mm -hmm. first step is, is that you have to be in that present moment just to see what's going on within you and training it as life continues. Exactly, exactly. And so many people that I I tell everybody that I meet about present moment awareness, because I say yeah. it was freely given to me. And in so many ways, I often attribute it to the second biggest thing that saved my life. Yeah. Um, but I often also tell them it didn't happen overnight. Like before I got to a regular practice of not having to consciously be pulling my mind back it was a number of years yeah and i have people who <laughs> who say to me oh yeah i tried that present moment awareness stuff it didn't it didn't really work for me i said oh really how long did you practice I, you know i did it two or three times a day or two or three times in a week and i went you know okay well that's why it's not working because how many years has your mind been racing mm -hmm. you know and it's not saying that a racing mind is a bad thing no. You know, some people don't mind having a racing mind. It's not about fighting the analytical mind because we know the analytical or the logical mind is really important. It's always going to be there. 
and it's always going to be there. But if it is running around in circles, like the hamster wheel that I often talk about in my book, mm. um, it, it's not benefiting you in any way. You're just running around like a hamster on the wheel going, driving yourself kind of crazy because I think so many of us, and I don't think we're taught this, but I think it becomes an assumption because we're not taught how to discipline our mind or how to reprogram our mind if we want to. Mm -hmm. um, we are at the mercy of our mind. And naturally from childhood, when things happen to us, if it was out of our control and our mind stepped in with a coping mechanism, we go, oh yeah, great, okay, yeah. off you go, you be in charge. And the mind will run the show. But the problem is the answers are not in the mind. The mind will bring information to you that you already yep. hold. And the answer lies deep within our heart and when we connect with the emotion and our soul and our mind. 100%. And I think it is that mixture between going within, but it's also taking in as much in helpful information externally as well. Because as you said there, we only know what we know from our surroundings or from what we had exposure to. So therefore, mm -hmm. if that is all our mind has to work off, then it's not going to be an easy road to having that peacefulness that people are running after or crave so much in mind, body, emotion, soul. So it is a mixture of going deeper but to often, and often to go deeper, we often need external assistance in a lot of different ways to be able to explore ourselves more. And I think, but that's why, as you and I have always been openly communicative about with everyone, is that this journey does take years and often a lifetime. It's not an instant thing. As much as I hated hearing that yeah. a long time ago, I and I did hate hearing that, it's also kind of a relief because I always thought I was behind the eight ball and everybody else had the answers and I didn't. Yeah. And you know, so quite a relief to go, oh, that's what the entire experience is about. I'm going to continue to unfold and learn more about myself as I go. And of course, have different realizations and different awarenesses because I'm, I've learned more about me. I have to just stop for a second and go, the present moment awareness, one of the key things it gave me was the ability to regulate my emotions. Now, I want you to hear what I said. I didn't say stop my emotions. Yeah. It allowed me to regulate the emotion and to be present to the emotion, which before if the emotion came, I just went straight into panic mode. And then the fight, flight, freeze response would kick yep. off. And there was no exploration that could possibly happen at that stage yep. because I became in sheer survival mode. But that's where I actually agree with that, because say for for me and my experiences that what actually allowed me to build a better relationship with my emotions and to regulate them was actually when Michael, as I mentioned, unplugged my mind and suddenly I was just sitting in emotion. And then that's when I realized it's actually not that bad. Whereas mm. before Michael, the mind was busy. It was coming at me. There was 600 things going on. And that's what actually put me into the depression, the suicidal thoughts, all of those components mm. that were very real. I would have run 10 mile away from any negative emotion prior to that. But that's why in the present moment awareness and actually working with the mind and understanding it is the difference between you being able to build a relationship with your emotions, your body, even your past experiences or not. Exactly. It's not everyone's journey to have to want to do that. It's not everyone's journey to go exploring, but at the same time is that there's a part of us that also knows if there's something more that we need to experience while here, or there is that journey, but often we don't know where to turn to. And I think in the industry, 
there is such a wealth of knowledge out there and there's so many different angles to come at it which in theory is such an amazing thing because there's so much to absorb but that's where we've talked about it becomes so confusing well it becomes confusing and the other thing that happens is especially in the world that we live in today anxiety racing mind mood disorders that's become such a big buzzword for lack of a better way of saying it for so many people. Oh, I have anxiety. And I think to myself, okay, so show it to me because it's not something you actually have. It's something that we're doing. It's something that the mind is doing. And I'm not trying to say that present moment awareness is will completely cure anxiety. That's not what I'm trying to say. Mm. I'm saying it is one of the tools that help me tame that racing mind that led to so much of the anxiety but who teaches us that we're given a pill today and we're saying oh well you know you suffer from anxiety and you just have to learn to live with it and i didn't want to live that way it was excruciating for me and Mm -hmm. i think anybody that has a really racing mind will say the same thing Mm -hmm. there's nothing nice about living in that whether it is anxiety or whether it's the depression or whether it's that inner critic that's running 24 7. not any of those scenarios is something that we want to live with on a regular basis Mm -hmm. And I think it's why so many people do try to go down the meditation path because they think if they can learn to shut off their mind, that then they will feel that peace. And some people manage to do that or do what they, their version of that. And I think that that is great. But like you said to me earlier, it's about how do we then live in the real world yeah. and do this? And I love the example that I used to use, and I use it a lot, is I'm in the car, my hands are on the steering wheel, my foot is on the gas pedal, I can feel the air conditioning. You know, that's a white car in front of me, a blue car behind me. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Mm. And the more that I did that, or I'm sitting here, nothing's really changed, words on a page, come back to this moment. And the more that I was able to do that, the more I started to feel, oh, life isn't out to get me. Where I don't, I don't know anyone that, I mean, I think mindfulness taught at a very young age is fantastic. It, it is, but I think it just goes back to the, the amount of conflict that we're all exposed to in a lot of different ways. And what I mean by that is, is that conflict in the information out there in any of these industries, as I mentioned, or in different books telling you to do one thing and then you read a different book that's telling you to do something else. The conflict within ourselves and mind, body, emotions, conflict in our homes mm-hmm. and our jobs. It's just it's that you can completely understand why people end up actually quite confused when actually trying to do the journey. And even if they are taking it slow and trying to just tick the boxes and get through it. So I think in having these practical examples and this uh, that you mentioned on this episode of actually pulling it back and just being in that present moment with yourself, regardless of what that is, is incredibly helpful because a lot of people have never been given permission to even do that. Because it often always has to be in a room on your own, like kind of similar mm-hmm. to what people describe in meditation, but actually mm-hmm. bringing yourself into that present moment anywhere. I think that will be a game changer for people to actually allow themselves to do that. And when I try and help people understand it, when I first introduce it to anybody, I don't explain it. I say, let's have a little exercise. Mm. And what I get them to do is I, I go, you're willing to play along? And then I give the commands. And after we go through all the different senses, 
I go, what was the key thing you noticed? And they're like, uh, they're not sure. And I said, did you notice that your mind followed every command I gave it? It didn't second guess it. It went directly to find the answer. So that when we command our mind, and that's what I think is the big difference between mindfulness. Mindfulness, we're noticing. And if you have a calm enough mind to be able to notice, great. Yep. But if you have a mind that's, you know, running out of control, you have to stop it and give it a new direction to focus on. So, you know, and as I said before, Gareth, single-handedly, I accredit that present moment awareness to helping me tame my anxiety right down to the point that I could start the exploration of what was going on underneath all of that. And even say in that process, because it's something I've experienced with a lot of my clients and I'm sure you with yours, how can we assist people in doing that exploration, not suddenly becoming quite overwhelming? And the reason I bring this up is because when things get brought down to a certain level where we're actually able to go, okay, now I can begin to work through X, Y, and Z. What I've noticed with a lot of my clients is suddenly like, oh my God, I didn't know all of this stuff was here. And then there's the mind stuff and then there's the physical stuff and then there's the emotional stuff. And then but I still have my job, I have my life, I have, it just actually, it can quickly overwhelm somebody of the amount of work that has to go into themselves that maybe just wasn't on the radar before because everyone is in automation mm -hmm. mode. Mm -hmm. So how do we begin, I guess, to give people the encouragement of, yes, this is actually normal? Because I think in that moment, it feels like we're, we are the only one that comes to the table with so much baggage is kind of the point. <laughs> yes, I, I talk about that all the time. And I think one of the ways that we can we can help them understand that is when you have come back to the present moment, what's showing up? Mm. What's showing up? What is taking predominance? What's front of mind all the time. And so I talk in language of patterns. Yeah. What pattern is continuing to repeat itself, whether that's emotional, whether that's mental, whether that's physical. And, and that can be the starting point because from there we can slowly start to move forward. You know, the awareness of the patterns and then getting some outside help because I'm sure that People have heard us say it a million times. When we are in our stuff, it's hard for us to see our own stuff. It usually takes an objective point of view. Yep. And whether that be a friend, you know, I used to say to people all the time, find a sounding board, mm. pick up the phone. I just need to run some stuff past you. Usually when you're running it past someone else, you can hear, oh, that doesn't quite sound right. Or you can hear yourself trying to convince somebody. I remember I used to do this with boyfriends. I used to try and convince my friend why this person was going to be so great for me. And as my friend would say to me, you're, you're really trying hard on this topic. <laughs> I go, oh, trying too hard, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's where you start the awareness. And what are the patterns? What would you say? I think with the present moment awareness, it is it does shine a light on a lot of different components and you everyone knows we have such a love for mindfulness and we do have such a love for meditation and that they all do have their their place in life i love the practicality of present moment awareness because i actually feel it's the day-to-day -day living of beginning to actually work through and understand a lot of key components in every living situation that we find ourselves exposed to because when it comes to meditation and sitting in that space can you go deep 
absolutely can you after a period of time depending on the person get your mind quiet and even feel zero emotion and be in that neutral space absolutely but then the real world is still happening externally outside of that room that you have to re-engage with at some point Mm -hmm. And I feel as that that's also what needs to be talked out more is that you can have it all. But if you're having that safe space and in your own home, wherever it might be, where you're able to go deep and that's your safe place, it just means that your relationship with the external world is still not necessarily healthy. Or maybe you've never been taught how to actually navigate it without it become it becoming an ongoing triggering thing that actually continues to build anxiety and trigger all these different emotions so it's that in a world where we can have both, why wouldn't we, even though it's going to take the extra mile in the journey to get there? Absolutely. To me, the present moment awareness is that middle ground of being able to actually practice maybe what you already are doing in meditation in your own company, but beginning to how to incorporate it slowly but surely into day-to-day living as well. And if you're able to achieve that over a period of time, whatever achieving that means for you as a person, it's that to me that is an element of spiritual enlightenment and awareness and a level of maturity uh, of that inner child in us that never had the chance to mature or navigate the world as an adult. And that's what needs to be more practical about our day-to-day living. (laughs) Is that a long process? Often, yeah. It is. Is it a worthwhile process? Absolutely, yeah. But it does mean uh, making mistakes at times. It does mean being triggered. That's why it's actually important about having that awareness to see, as you mentioned, the different patterns and the different behaviors coming up and willing them explore them in your own company, but, but with someone you trust also. Exactly. And I like to tell a story about when I was practicing this. And of course, everybody knows I used to um, go to a 12-step program to help me in the very beginning. And I used to struggle the most in these 12-step meetings because you spend a great deal of time listening to other people. Mm. And of course, if you have a racing mind, you know that when you're trying to listen to someone else, your mind's <laughs> running off doing 50 million other things. Yeah. So I couldn't figure out how I could practice it and, and really be present until I, one day I was sitting there and I went, you know what? Here's the deal. We need to listen to every single word that every single person speaks because they might say the one thing mm. that will change your entire life. And so when I was teaching other practitioners about what I do, I call it active listening Mm. because I was using the present moment awareness, hanging on every word, just in case, just in case they say that one thing that I can't afford to miss. And I started doing that outside of the meetings. When I was talking to people, my mind would want to go, oh, what are we having for? Nope. Got to listen to what this person is saying. And so there's, there's so many benefits to it. In real life, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. All right. So that's just one of the real life experiences that I had with it and how it became very beneficial. Actually, why I think I'm pretty good at my own job. I think before we finish out this episode, I even before we hit record, I wanted Kim to take the lead on the subject because I know it's something that's very close to her heart, but it's also actually helped her and so many people along the way. So Kim, before we close out, what would you like to leave everyone with who are listening? I would like to say, I hope that you've benefited from listening to every word that we've had to say and want to practice it and know that it's not something that will happen overnight. It takes a lot of practice. 
Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to explore these topics more with us, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash Practical Spirituality Podcast. Not only will that help us keep producing these shows, but you'll also get advanced access to each new episode, the opportunity to ask questions directly of Gareth and I, input into what topics we will cover on the show, access to exclusive content not available anywhere else. See you over on Patreon.